Hello, and thank you for listening to Unplanned Trek. Welcome to Unplanned Trek, the podcast hosted by two guys that were too old to join the Protostar crew, so we just had to stay home and watch. Well, this is the first time we've spun a Prodigy episode, Supernova Part 1, and as such, we thought we'd bring on a super, super talented guest. We've got Bonnie Gordon, otherwise known as the computer from Star Trek Prodigy. Hello, Bonnie. Hello. How are you? It's been a day. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for squeezing us <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, of course. Yeah, this is really exciting. <laughs> it's been like, I've been running around. I was like, okay, if I get from here to here. And then my car was, had a situation. I had to go grab my car, get on the metro. It, it sounds kind of like the amazing race. You're right there, Isaac. There was nothing amazing about it. <laughs> Terrific. Were you a Trekkie before you landed the role? I was a Trekkie. I was. I was a Trekkie. Um, in fact, when I found out that there were going to be animated series made of, of Star Trek, I pulled every string I could to get an audition. So I was I was pulling people I knew, just anyone. I was like, please just let me just get my audition in and let it be heard. Because, so you know, when, when you get hundreds and hundreds of auditions for things, you can get buried. So I got a callback for Gwen, which was great. Yeah. Uh, and made it all the way to the main callbacks. And that's how I got pulled in to do Scratch for her. But uh, I, w- I was a huge tricky. I mean, I showed up to the callback in a red, long-sleeved, uh, like, short dress with tights, black right. tights, and, like, a war com badge. Yeah, at a, at a Starfleet messenger bag. I had, I, I had space boots. I was basically dressing for the, for the part. I was just, like, so... Y'all need someone who knows about Star Trek? Yeah. Y'all need, y'all need the... You want someone who actually... Yeah, I was like, do you need someone who can, you know, <laughs> pronounce <laughs> these words in Klingon? Because I got you. <laughs> it's terrific. If I had that outfit, I'd just be wearing it now. Instead, I'm wearing this... Well, it's coming up to winter here. I'm in an overdressed Snuggie here because it's quite cold. I'm at the oh. southernmost point, if you like, of Australia. I look like Dorothy. So. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> My room is a mess, so hopefully you don't see that in the background. So with you being a, a Trekkie previously, um, do you have a favourite franchise or character? Oh, man, I've always been a Data girl. Yeah. I love Data. I think also because I'm such a Sherlock Holmes fan, Data yeah. just resonates with me. And then whenever he started doing the holodeck as Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. it was like two loves in one. Perfect. Um, but, yeah, I've always loved Data. Um, I've always loved... Oh, man, there's so many good characters on Star Trek. Yeah, it, that's part I'm of I'm a huge feel, fan of, of the new Trek. I'm a huge yeah. fan of Ensign Tilly. Yeah, she's cool. Um, yeah. I feel like she and I, we'd either be best friends or enemies because we're so much alike. <laughs> she is awesome. In real life. And Discovery's mm-hmm. kind of paved the way for a lot of the new the new Trek that's out there now, which is really Exactly. Cool. You're right there, Isaac. Well, it sounds like we need to straighten up and do a couple of medals so let's say we start hitting the show with our very first one the captain jean-luc picard medal 
Okay, so for new players, the Jean-Luc Picard medal is a 3-2-1 medal where we award votes based on the best things that happen in the episode. This week, I'm, I've taken the challenge of taking the taking that and running with it. So one vote I've given to Gwyn. So not only was she a good fighter and a good friend in this episode, but she only went and became the universal translator, didn't she, when everything went went down. So, yeah, that that was... That was really cool. Um, two votes has to be Admiral Jellico. I've got the best captain in the fleet is now the best admiral in the fleet. Approved the boarding party. Just get stuff done really, really quickly and effectively. But three votes. We can't go past the Bru- the Brunelli Brunelli brig officer who let Janeway out and let the story just flow. And interestingly enough, we have the voice actor of that very character right here with us. Let's find out a little bit more about the Brunari Ensign. I remember that the Brunari Ensign was one of my favourite scenes. That, that, that's a really cool scene with um, with you and Janeway. Did you, when you do a show like this, do you record it together or are you separate? Every cartoon is different. Um, I did a show called Mighty Magic Swords on Cartoon Network and they would try really hard to get everyone in the room at the same time. But Star Trek Prodigy was recorded mostly all throughout COVID. So the studios weren't even open when we were recording. Um, I recorded the majority of Prodigy here in my bedroom, wow. right here on this microphone. <laughs> yeah. um, so when you're recording then, um, particularly through COVID, do you have like a a producer or a coach on the other end bouncing the lines off you? Well, when we would be recording, um, we would have the, usually the Hageman brothers would be in on, on, it'd be all through Zoom. So we'd have an audio engineer with Nickelodeon there. Uh, Usually Ryan Green, shout out to Ryan Green. He's one of my favorites over at Nickelodeon. Uh, The Hageman brothers would be in there. We'd have uh, Brooke Chalmers, who's the, um, the, voiceover director uh ben ebom it's french uh he he was the director 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 so he would usually be in so there was always people there was like always quite a few people on zoom yeah watching and listening and giving notes um when i i did scratch for gwen and janeway uh in the beginning of the prodigy experience i guess Mm. and uh you know it was a lot the the first few episodes i did get to go in studio and record as gwen and then now recently any pickups we've done some of the some of the recording for season two i've been able to go in studio at nickelodeon and record in person but for the most part it was all remote and so sadly i've never been able to record with kate which would be incredible even if i even if they did do it in person uh with the computer they probably wouldn't need me to be in person with everyone <laughs> sure. um however with that scene it would have been really nice to work the scene was a lot longer too it got cut oh really yeah, yeah they cut some they cut some moments but it was honestly such a really neat easter egg voyager easter egg yeah. and bringing the Bernari, mentioning them like what a great idea and I guess with having Janeway as a as a primary character, there's lots of room for a few of those Easter eggs and callbacks to the Voyager days, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You're right there, Isaac. The Keiko O'Brien Medal. Keiko O'Brien Medal. 
is the opposite to the Captain Picard medal. We do a three, two, and one vote to characters that have annoyed us, irritated, um, brought down the mood, just, just haven't haven't really impressed us. That they, we are Shania Twain, and they are Brad Pitt. And they are the other people that are mentioned. Rocket scientists? I don't know. It's been a while since I've listened to it. That probably doesn't impress you much. Anyway, you're here for the votes, not for... You're not for here for a unplanned twine. And if you are, it might not have been Shania. Anyway, minus one vote. Um, Janeway. You might be surprised, because she is a favourite, isn't it? We love Janeway. But she was just a little too late to stop the virus processing and crippling the whole fleet. If she could have just got out of there a little bit quicker, put the turbos on in the turbo lift, then we wouldn't have our own fleet fighting with itself. Two votes go to the diviner. Look, I've got here, he took his eyes off the prize. He didn't complete the mission and he didn't save his daughter. She kind of saved herself. So really, why was he there? But three votes, can only look at one person, can't we? And that's Tysus. You're right there, Isaac. He's the Andorian, and I've got here, what a wet blanket. He had no ideas and fell for a ruse. And if there's one thing we've learned around here recently, is that ruses, we don't fall for them. You've got to be like Captain Shaw. You say no to the ruse. In fact, should I show you guys now? Have you guys been good? Yeah, you guys have been good, haven't you? So, how about I show you the new segment that we've got, which is basically... Oh, I'll play the sting first, and then I'll explain what it is. It's for Captain Shaw. It's for Captain Shaw. What would Captain Shaw say to this he'd say? Oh. So Andrew and I are now on the lookout for situations where characters either say no or should have said no. And in this situation, Tysus and then Jellico therefore would have said no to the idea of communicating with the fleet. We should have said no, come up with our own plan. That's what should have happened. And if Shaw was in command, that's what would have happened this week, dudes. Have you finished um, recording season two of Prodigy yet? <laughs> I've been wrapped for a long time. I think all the voiceover actors have been wrapped for season two for quite a bit. Right. If we get called in for anything now, it's for pickups. Like if they needed to yeah. randomly change a um, a line or, you know, something with animation gets cut. And so they have another a new line to record. So it ble bleeds together. That type of thing. So you basically, um, it's a matter of, I'm already wrapped, but yeah. if they call me in, it's for very little things like yeah. walking in and just going like acknowledged and then walking out. <laughs> oh, you didn't like the the K sound I made on right. the last acknowledged? I'll just come back and do it again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they don't really use you know they don't need me too too much, but uh, you know that but they're plugging away at season two, and I honestly I'm just so excited for people to see where they go with yeah. it because season one was so strong. Mm. That you know, you're like, oh god, how are they going to top this? And they do, they Wonderful. they they do. And now that the kids, the characters are actually, a you know, with Starfleet, you know, there there's so much they can do now when it comes to 
you know, cameos and Easter eggs and this and that, because now it's now they're in the Starfleet universe when before it was, you know, them learning, learning slowly. Now they're being thrown into it. So it's just really I can't wait for everyone to see what what the Hagemans have done and Aaron Walkie in the writer's room. I mean, shout out to the writers like, wow, they they write some really good Trek. You know, it's Mm. definitely not. Everyone just threw threw it aside, like you know that it was just a kid show, and yeah, it's not. It's exactly. so yeah. strong. And it was kind of pitched that way, at least here, that you know this was for the, you know, to excuse the pun for the next generation of fans, and um, yeah. and I'm like, I'm, I'm liking this more than my kids are. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great show to kind of bridge the gap between kids watching and, and parents because yeah. you know everyone finds something to enjoy. Most of the kids, you know, love Murph, yeah. and most of the adults love all the. You know, yeah. Voyager Easter eggs and yeah. My six-year-old has an affinity to um, lower decks, actually, which is a bit a bit of a worry. You're right there, Isaac. I love lower decks. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so clever, it and is. also there's so it's so the, the beauty of lower decks and Prodigy is they're doing amazing storytelling, and they're doing it in mm. like twenty to twenty-two minutes instead of. 45, which all the other shows have, 45 to an hour. Yeah, you're right. They it's have so to do fast. it. They have, yeah. they have half the time yeah. to, to tell a plot, and and they make it work, and they make it work well. They're, yeah. so, they're so good at what they do. I, I must admit, when I was watching Prodigy for the first time, and it was getting up to, you know, the end of the season, I was like, and at the time, I don't think there had been any news about a season two, and I was like, mm. I it felt like it could almost be a one and done season with the with that actual story, and I'm so glad that they found a way of taking those existing characters and pushing them to their next storyline because that arc, that season long arc, certainly finished. But it could have just been, and then they gave the ship back at the end. Well, the, you know? <laughs> their original, I think the Hagemans original pitch was season one was just is just leading them up to when the real story starts right. and the real story Exciting. is when they get to Starfleet. So yeah. all of this, all of season one, consider it like exposition of just right. getting to know the characters. Cause now, now the real adventure begins. Oh, I feel, I feel like now they've got, now they've got so much more and you know, there's so much left to explore, you know, with, with Gwen leaving them and, and um, you know, Janeway taking them under her wing, literally yeah. taking them. Um, yeah. I feel like it's it's going to be exciting to see. Yeah. Was there a sex candle? No. This is Jack Dorino from Let's Talk About Tracks, and this is too short to be a promo. What? Good God. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Look, this whole episode was almost all battle, all fighting, and it was all cool. So I listed down quite a few fights. And, you know, let me know if I've missed any too, guys, because you guys are all over this. We've got the Protostar fighting the whole fleet. We've got the Diviner versing the crew. We've got Gwyn and Asensia. We've got crew, the whole crew again, versus the very large thing with big legs. That's the official term. We've got the Diviner again versus Asensia. And we've got Fleet versus Fleet. That, that was pretty big, wasn't it? Um, like in the end, all the ships are battling against themselves. And it's just so 
awesome. Now, I'm a cheeky podcaster that likes to get an exclusive. You're right there, Isaac. So I've got a, a yes or no question for you, Bonnie. Uh-oh. Is there anything you can't tell us? I can't tell you anything. Whoa, that's my exclusive. What I can tell you <laughs> is a lot of people were very concerned because, you know, the protostar basically blows up at the end of season one. Mm-hmm. And they are like, does that mean you're no longer the ship computer? Mm. And I And I tell them... I was like, I'm not spoiling anything. I'm not giving anything away for season two. But if you remember in season one, they all went to the space station, you know, where that one guy was all alone. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, you know, just hanging out. Uh, who was voiced by Eric Belza, who's great. Anyway, um, but when they were on the space station, my voice was also the computer. Right. So I was like, no spoilers, but I kind of was the computer and something else already. So I kind of am just... The Starfleet computer. It just so happens that you were introduced to me on the Protostar. So, yes, I still do the voice of the computer. Excellent. Season two. Rock Watch. This is the segment where we look at who's been in the show and talk about other things that they've been in too. Kind of like when The Rock landed a role in Voyager. Isn't that right, Andrew? You're right there, Isaac. And this week's episode actually had Jason Alexander in it, who was previously in an episode of Next, sorry, in Voyager called Think Tank, but is also relatively well known for his role in Seinfeld, where he played a little known character called George Costanza. In this episode of Prodigy, he played the role of Dr. Noom, um, which you may not have recognised either vocally or physically, given that it's a cartoon. But all the same, it's the same dude. So, another link of Seinfeld and Trek. The best line of the episode. Often I write down lots of lines. And this this week I didn't have to. Because there's only... Well, that's being unfair. There's one line that elevates above all others, and that is the line. From now on, we're going to call that manoeuvre the Slippery Dipsy Doodle. And you know what? I'm all on board for that. That's what we call them, any manoeuvre. In fact, that's the manoeuvre I'm going to call podcasting from now on. In fact, yeah, that will do, won't it? Like we're walking down the, the street... You slip over for some reason. That's your slippery dipsy doodle. You might need to edit that bit, eh? What do you reckon, Andrew? You're right there, Isaac. The Tuvix Medal. Look, we award medals for a lot of things in this show, and one of the things that we do is we like to acknowledge the the brave lives and then their deaths that happen in in the show and this week the diviner he um he sacrificed himself for his daughter and potentially um, losing the war between the federation and his own kind but um the decision that he had to make we say goodbye to the diviner um i i noticed the tweet where they announced the the star trek academy spin-off that's coming up that you'd like to um audition or read for that yeah, yeah. i would well 
one of those things where everyone has been so amazingly welcoming yeah. uh, to me in the Star Trek universe to where, you know, they, they call me the next Majel Barrett, which is so sweet. Isn't and I'm it? kind of like, well, how about we make that a reality and put me in a live action role? Yes. <laughs> if we want if you want to call me Majel, yeah. by all means, let's yeah. let me let me fit the part. Um, you know, she was such a an incredible character actress and that's kind of what I love to do. So I would love the opportunity to even just audition for some of the live action. Yeah, um, cool. Star Trek shows. Just because because people forget, you know, a lot of people see me as just a voiceover actor right. or like a, you know, singer, but I I do do on camera. Yeah. As well. And so, you know, I'd love the opportunity. That would be Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, and and good on you for putting it out there. Like no one. Why not? No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I kind of like it. The worst thing like, they can say is no, and I'm like, okay, yeah. move on to the next one. I, I kind of take that philosophy when I'm inviting guests like yourself on the show. Like you're not going to say yes if I don't ask. <laughs> right. It's like so, might as well yeah, ask. Exactly. exactly. Thank yeah. you for working with my terrible schedule. <laughs> <laughs> and the time I feel terrible. I'm well. so bad about like people. You know, if people ask. For me to be like on a podcast or do an interview or something and i'm like okay but i only have this time to this time on this day of that week the next month i only have from this time to this time it's it's always chaos no it's cool it's worked out well today i really appreciate it dogs wag tails and cats don't like to be seen this one's for grudge because she is our queen It's a unique grudge medal this week. Usually we're awarding points for what happening in the show. But this is a show. And there's stuff that happened in this show. Let me clarify that a little bit. Um, I recorded the majority of Prodigy here in my bedroom. Wow. Right here on this microphone. Yeah. <laughs> with my cat in the background. Like he's just <laughs> doing. What's your cat's name? Iapa. Oh, wow. Is, is, is that translate or is that from the Incan God of Storms. Wow. Excellent. Basically the Incan Thor, yeah. I've, I've got a cat and he, his name is Snowblue. Um, I wanted to call him Catrick and my daughter wanted to call him Snowblue, so we compromised. So Iapa and Snowblue get points this week in the grunge medal. I said grunge. Grudge medal. I'll edit that bit in post. <laughs> Should have they used a saucer separation? No. You're right there, Isaac. Do re mi fa sol la ti. Do re mi fa sol la ti. Do re mi fa sol la ti. Do. And plan trick mailbag. So we threw it open to a few of our friends at the pod that Bonnie was coming on the podcast today and... Some of them have sent in questions. And the first one's come from Trekkie Die. Trekkie Die asks, how does it feel following in the footsteps of Majel Barrett? Oh, it's weird because I feel like there's other people doing computer, the computer voices in, you know, Discovery and in right. Picard and stuff like that. So we're kind of all taking on the mantle. But I always feel like watching their shows and then watching Prodigy... Um, the computer gives the kids so much information. Like, I, I mean, there's times where I'm like just talking a lot and I'm like, wow, this computer is kind of, uh, 
talkative, um, <laughs> which makes me happy because I'm like, yes, please give me more yeah, lines. Yes, that's right. Give me all the lines. I'll just, you know what? I'll just narrate everything. Yeah. I, yeah. You know. Michael, you obviously still talk a lot. Major was such a big part of mm. the Star Trek legacy, not just as the computer, but as, you know, as everything, as number one, as Nurse Chapel, as, um, oh my God, Mama Troy, who's yes, my favorite Turner. character yeah. she did. Yeah. So and of course for being me, married to Jean. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. But I feel like she was like her own empire. Yeah, without, me too. Even without, yeah. yeah. And, you know, when they say, how does it feel following in her footsteps? For me, it's like, I was really, I was really nervous at first yep. how people would react to my computer hmm. because I was like, it's, it's nowhere near what hers is. And we wanted to go somewhere different. And, you know, it's people also think, Oh, it's just a computer. It's not that big of a deal. You know, who cares? Um, and I'm like, well, I care. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> but Majel, you know, so everyone's been so welcoming. She, she was, it's a wow i i need i need a coffee obviously my brain is not <laughs> processing my adhd is like oh it's going down this tangent hmm. she was such a uh, part of the star trek legacy that I, again i feel nowhere near where i'm picking up any mantle of hers like i feel like you know she's a force to be reckoned with all her own right. without me doing anything um what i would love is to start my own Yes. legacy within the star trek universe to where i'm just like yes you can call me the next angel barrett but instead just say oh it's bonnie gordon of yeah, the star trek universe right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. and just kind of start my own little my yeah, own little exactly ladder yeah yeah, yeah that's a really good way of looking at it excellent question there tricky die and well answered thank you bonnie well then we've got another question here from the guys at it's got star trek they ask um a very good question as well What's the most Star Trekky thing you've experienced? Oh, I see. Well, I do a lot of conventions, which is mm. fun. But I was doing conventions even before um, that. But now I'm doing a lot more sci-fi mm. conventions and Star Trek conventions, which is so much fun. And I'm also, as a musical guest, I do a lot of music, uh, <laughs> Star Trek music, which is fun, and parodies and nerdy things like that at these conventions. And so I think the the weirdest thing has been the things people want me to sign. Right. Not necessarily some things that aren't even Star Trek related at all. Um, I think the best, one of my favorites is I was doing a con actually in my hometown of Lafayette, Louisiana, which, you know, I was like, oh gosh, here I go. I basically said yes to it so I could see my family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sell merch while I saw my family. <laughs> basically like, well, how do I get to see my family? And and make it make yeah. it profitable yeah. I, I sound like a Ferengi anyway um <laughs> but someone came to my table for with something for me to sign and it was a picture of me from like seventh grade oh, wow. as the virgin mary and they were jesus and it, we did it was like they were dying in my lap wow. and they brought it for me to sign and i went oh my gosh because you know i don't even remember doing that so you presumably this person was, would have been a lot younger than you at the time? They, they were like sixth grade yeah, yeah or eighth right. grade and I was seventh grade. Yeah, it was like okay. middle school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's, 13. That's pretty maybe. pretty um, weird to have, yeah, Jesus asked for They had a picture and they blew yeah. it up. And I mean, I thought it was funny, 
Mm. Um, and then I didn't know what to sign on it. <laughs> and I, of course, you know, wrote their name, okay, private mm. for like privacy reasons, but I wrote their name, like, you know, to their name. And then I wrote Mother Knows Best because <laughs> I was playing Mary. It's too <laughs> And I went, I can't believe I did that. I'm probably going probably going to hell now but i thought it was funny yeah you're doing the best with the the material i'm like you know what i bet jesus has a pretty good sense of humor yeah (laughs) yeah so i guess i guess the answer to your question is i get a lot of strange Mm. things people bring to me for sign you know video game consoles like they're full console right um (laughs) like different things you know they'll just have me sign they'll you know really fun fan art yeah that you know it's but but like rainbow Mika and like a compromising position. I'm like, I don't know if I want to sign this, but, <laughs> but no, it's uh it's been a lot of fun to see Terrific. everyone's reaction. And I, there was one poster in star Trek, Las Vegas. Someone brought to me and they, they were getting all the women of star Trek oh, to sign yeah. it. And yeah. it was all the women, you know, of the star Trek. Wow. Uh, world up, up until I think strange new world or something. And I was like, Holy cow. But I of course was not on there because yeah. I'm, I'm not seen, but they asked me to sign near the, like one of the ships or like oh, yeah. the space That's part. Cool. And I thought that was just really nice of them to include me yeah. in something so epic. You know, what they have, a, they're trying to get all the signatures of every woman. What still. an amazing project. Yeah. yeah. Makes my podcast look right? easy. <laughs> You're right there, Isaac. Joining the ranks of, of the, the goddesses of the trick. And there's, the, the, you know, the, it's always had strong women in Trek. It's a, it's really oh, absolutely. It, and the, and Both on the, camera and off. Yeah, like, yeah, terrific. How lucky are we? Yeah. I've got here. What a time to be a Trekkie, right? Oh, oh my gosh, all the shows coming out and yeah. all the new announcements. And I'm just like, damn, we are. Sorry, yeah. I mean, darn, nugget. I don't know if this is family friendly, but. No, it's fun. Like, yeah. all right, then damn, this is great. <laughs> you know, like so many shows, so many amazing characters so many amazing new stories and yeah and like particularly with like picard nearly finishing now i'm like i've like you can get frustrated with the to be continued point like come on show us the next bit but i'm like hang on there's only going to be two more weeks where i've got these characters delivering new content i've got to appreciate this rather than you know because right? it's, it's been such a good good season like from, oh, and it's going to be so hard to say goodbye. Oh, isn't it? Because like, yeah. you know, some of them are like, tissues. we're done, this is it yeah. for us. And yeah. I'm like, no, don't leave us. Yeah. And, oh. It is like a nice family reunion, though, seeing them all isn't together it? again. It is. Our final fan question today comes from the guys at Two Minute Trek. Uh, two great guys there, one of them with a familiar-sounding voice. You're right there, Isaac. Anyway, check them out if you haven't already. They're another podcast. Again, on the Anodyne Relay Network, they ask, do you feel like Prodigy is a kid's show? Um, I, would, I wouldn't consider it. I, I consider it more of a family show. Mm. Um, mm. I, I think people of all ages can enjoy it. And what I do love about it is that kids can jump in and watch it and it grabs their attention and introduces them to the fundamental of Trek. With having you on the show, I, I did a bit of research and um, played a bit of Con Artist last night, which has only just come out recently, right? Um, I, I was quite impressed. It was like, um, I, I thought there was a big band influence to it as well, like uh, like quite a bit of showness about it, which which I quite like. I, I was wondering... Me? What, Theatrical? What, yeah. No. Yeah, but it, 
like, I, I thought to myself, like, I also felt like there might be a strong Tori Amos feel to it as well, but I'm not sure if that's me Thank just you. projecting that as well. And I, I was wondering what you would describe as your musical influences, or if it, is it just music? Yeah. For me, it's, I love so many different styles, and so many people know me as a comedy musician. Right. Um, with my comedy band, The Library Bards, and we do parodies. So it's a lot yeah. of pop and, and classic rock. And so many people know my voice in that regard, which is fine and great. But this uh, this project was mostly me trying to show not only the world, but to myself that I that I have my own style. I have mm. I have a different. Um, I can do more than comedy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And also, uh, no one, you know, as far as my songwriting, it's mostly all parody lyrics. So I also wanted to show people that um, there's more to my songwriting than, you know, writing about tribbles and right, right. and and Dungeons and Dragons. It's yeah. it's I I have I have a lot of originals I didn't have time to put on the album either that I'm gonna have to put on the next one because. Right. I was like, oh, I don't have I don't have the resources to record like five more songs, but it, it will be put up on the next one. It, but it it was very it was like jumping in, um, like taking that leap of faith and kind of just putting it out in the world. And you know, you never when when putting your art out there, you're, you know, you're always scared because the trolls. That's when the trolls mm, come. Yeah, and that's when people can people can be really cruel. Yeah. And when you're putting art that's so personal to you out there it, it can be a little scary and i think i that's what held me back for so long and during covid um i kind of finally got the courage to right. to say screw it i'm gonna do it yeah okay. and yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying everyone's feedback so many people have have been reaching out saying how much they enjoy it mm. and also people are enjoying different aspects of it it's it's so fun to see so many people buying the album because you know from like the star trek fans because mm. they want to hear the star trek medley yeah. and then going and listening to other songs and, and really connecting with certain ones a lot of people are loving the adhd song apparently that <laughs> that's very relatable to my my audience <laughs> and mm. uh and the song enough which is about imposter syndrome and and you know like fighting those voices in your head that tell mm. you you're not good enough you're not smart enough you're not pretty enough. Uh, just kind of finding those inner demons. I wrote that song to my younger self. Right. Yeah, what, so yeah. it's been fun watching everyone react to it. Yeah, and songs like that, they're not topics that people hear much in music. So it's cool to have, you know, something that can be relatable, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not all just love and flowers, is it? Yeah. Um, you yeah. mentioned Well, and it's all kind of jazzy too. I yeah, like to say it's... Yeah. It's nerdy with a with a hint of jazz, you know. Like yeah. all the covers are nerdy. The Last yeah. Unicorn, yep. Storybook Love from The Princess Bride. Why don't you do right from Jessica Rabbit? So they're all nerdy yeah. um, songs. They just they, you know, it's great. Why do they I... don't they they there's no there's nothing that really links them together except I like this and yeah. I, I'm like I love the Muppets. I'm gonna do a song Kermit did. Yeah, you know, that's great. kind of where my mind went. Yeah. Um, you're a sultry, jazzy version of it. It's not easy being green, and you're gonna like it. <laughs> yeah. With with um with the album, do you play um instruments on it as well as singing, or, or do you? Yeah. Or do you? Well, I do. I do play instruments, but when it come when it came to my music, I knew that I wanted top rate musicians, yeah. and I didn't want it to sound 
half-ass. So mm. even though I do play instruments, I don't like I play piano. I do not play piano at the level of Richard Allen, who is the piano player on my album, who's very much like kind of like a mentor to me out here. Mm. Um, he also arranged a lot of the songs. You know, oh. I can't I can't play, you know, I, I for me, I was really adamant about getting all as many live musicians as I could on this album. So like there's a horn section, there's a harpist, there's a violin, mandolin, all of those were live musicians, not um, MIDI. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot, but it was so worth it because I feel like it sounds, it has so much heart into it. And so many of these musician, musicians that I brought on board um, were also friends of mine that are just so talented. And the fact that I could have people not only that I trust to be on the album, but I know that would would put their all into it and put heart behind it for me. It was it was special. It wasn't just like you know hiring a musician off the street and saying, "Hey, record this." I'm sure it sounds great, but like it, it was something special to me hearing it all come together because we mm. during we recorded it a lot during COVID as well. So a lot of the studio regulations, you know, we had to, oh, for yeah. example, yeah. we couldn't all be in the room together. You know, like we yeah. So it was very much like okay, record this this day. We record. This wow. horn that day, this horn yeah. that day. So it was complicated, but it worked out. And oh, hearing it all together made me just, wow. Yeah. Con Artist especially. Con Artist is the first song on the album. Yeah. And that one's like the beast. That one has so many instruments. I mean, it has like everything from violin to electric guitars, um, you know, bass, drums, piano, uh, melodica, um <laughs> strings it has, it has so many it's instruments yeah. and it's so big yeah. and the and, and and that the band just rocked they yeah. rocked it it's really cool. it sounds so good it doesn't sound like you know one day you've done one instrument one day it's mixed so well and the totality of it yeah it just sounds like you're all in the one room doing it live it's a really cool mm -hmm. vibe you mentioned star trek medley which i thought was awesome um and to be Thanks. honest I, I, I was blown away to hear faith of the heart as part of it because i joke sometimes that it's both the best song in the world and the worst song in the world i know you're right there isaac when i sing it live have the audience groans and yeah. I have the audience ears but but at the, but deep down we all love it. It's yes. almost like a joke, you yeah. know. It's like a it's become a comedy bit now. Like yeah. it's been a long. <laughs> the minute you hear those words, you're like, oh no! Like you, it's like you love to hate it. Yeah. But um, for me, I, w I wanted to add even more to the Star Trek medley. Right. We just ran out of time. Yeah. We were gonna try and add like a Voyager scat and like yeah. uh, like hints of like blue skies and like other songs within the Star Trek world, like the song uh, Uhura sings in yeah. Star Trek. I think five, yeah. Star Trek three. I can't remember which one it was, but um, the one that she sings with the fan, the feather yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. Iconic. I was gonna add that in there, but we just we just ran out of time. And I was like, well, it's got to be original series and Enterprise. Yeah, well, we'll push yeah. those together, and we'll do another medley next time. Exactly enough material for the next one. Oh, that, yeah. that's terrific. Yeah. Well, it has been fantastic having Vonnie on the show. How lucky are we to have special guests of this high calibre? You're right there, Isaac. Having Bonnie this week. Recently, we had Todd Stashwick, who plays Captain Shaw on the show. We had um, Bruce Horak, who played Hemmer on Strange New Worlds. We've had Mark Cartier from the Shuttle Pod show help us out as well a lot. It's been fantastic having him on the show. And we, we also had Bill Krause, 
who helps design some of the models on Star Trek on the show. Like, it doesn't go unappreciated, guys. Like, the the access we've been afforded um, from this podcast to be able to talk to people that are involved in the creation, in the process, it excites us to talk to these people. And I hope that comes out in what you're hearing too. And I hope that you're that you're feeling a connection there or um, closer to these people too because they are real people but they, they're making the stuff that we love and, yeah, we, we, we couldn't be more appreciative of having them on our show. So thanks to them. And we've got other people lined up in the future. We're excited to let you know who we've got coming um, coming up. And you know what? If, if you've got anyone in your circle that's involved in Star Trek that you think might be interested in being on our podcast... Why not um, tell them about us? We can, uh, you know, um, if you can introduce them to us, maybe they'd like to be on our show too. That's what I'm getting at. Anyway, thanks so much, Bonnie, for being on this week's episode. It's been so much fun. Really enjoyed it. And I think we might throw to you to help us wrap up everything. How does that sound? Hello, everyone. I'm Bonnie Gordon from Star Trek Prodigy, and you're listening to Unplanned Trek. It's just not what you expect that's because it's unplanned track unplanned track unplanned track i'm josh dashwick and you are listening to unplanned track thank you for listening to unplanned track unplanned track This show is written by Isaac Brown and improvised by Andrew Hogan. Unplanned Track! We upload our podcast weekly via ACAST. Unplanned... Wait. Implant... Wait, hold on. Unplanned... Wait. What is it? You can find links to other episodes and merch at unplannedtrek.com. This is also where you can find our Patreon page where, amongst other things, you can hear our exclusive podcast on Star Trek V, which we're reviewing one minute at a time. Follow our socials on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or write to us at hello at unplannedtrek.com. If you like what you hear, make sure you get notifications from your favourite podcast provider to make sure you know when we next release a pod. Unplanned Trek is part of the Anodyne Relay network of podcasts. We're thankful to all our listeners, including you. Special thanks to David Joseph Moody of Let's Talk About Treks, Mark and the entire Shuttlepod Show team, Haunted John and Lee Nichols. Wrestling papers, wrestling papers. Live long and prosper. This is Bruce Horak and you are listening to Unplanned Trek. Have you been watching Picard Season 3? Oh my gosh, I just watched the current episode today. It's so good. The show is so good. Actually, are we, we're recording right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll wait till after. <laughs> but, oh, cool. <laughs> I don't want any spoilers.